ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين. The story is well known. We're not going to go there today. Uh, but uh, the story is, of course, of a group of wealthy people who owned a, a fancy garden. And they decided that one day they're going to go and have, you know, a siesta or a, a fun in the garden. But they didn't want to give anything of the fruits to the poor, right? So, miskin. Uh, Make sure that no miskin comes so that we have to give him any money. They were very stingy about the wealth that they had. And this reality of the tension between wanting wealth and the tension between uh, uh, wanting to preserve wealth and also giving wealth. This is one of the standard motifs of the whole Quran. The concept of wealth, wealth accumulation and wealth management and wealth distribution. It is something that troubles every single one of us. In the end of the day, we all love money. In the end of the day, we want money. And the test of money and the trials of money is one of the greatest trials of this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran that He is the qabil and the basit, the one who gives and the one who withholds. Your Lord decides who to give rizq to and who not to give rizq to. So your Rabb is the one who decides who to give the rizq and who to keep it away from. And Allah Azza wa says in the Quran, Are they the ones in charge of distributing Allah's rahmah, Allah's rizq? Are they the ones? We are the ones who distributed their ma'isha. Ma'isha here means their careers. Ma'isha here means their methods of earning money. Allah is the one saying, we decided everyone's track. We decided everyone's way of earning money and how much money they're going to earn. We're the ones who have decided it. And we raised some of them over others. We are the ones who decided the hierarchy. Why? So that some could take advantage of others and use the services of others, right? So sukhriya here means from tasheer, not from sukhriya, uh, uh, which means to, to laugh or make fun of uh, in the, for the Arabs in the audience. Uh, with the kasra. You used to make fun of them. That's with the kasra. Over here, uh, So sukhriya is different than sikhriya. Sukhriya here means so that you can utilize other people, right? You can take advantage of other people. Al-Tabari says, so the rich need to take advantage of the knowledge of the poor and the poor take advantage of the wealth of the rich, right? So if you are a multimillionaire, you still need to get your car fixed. You need to get your clothes tailored. You need to get your plumbing. Last week we all had to get our plumbing done, right? Doesn't matter how much money you have, you cannot fix your own faucets, can you? So the plumber comes to your house, right? This is sukhriya over here. He needs you, you need him. The both of you need each other. And Allah is saying, I am the one who decided. I'm the one who did all of this variety. If all of you had the same, you wouldn't be able to live. If all of you had the same talents, the same ma'isha, the same rizq, society would collapse. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it is from His qadr and His wisdom and He knows what to give whom and He knows what is best for everybody. As Allah says in the Quran, وَلَوْ بَسَطَ اللَّهُ الرِّزْقَ لِعِبَادِهِ لَبَغَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ If Allah were to give His rizq to all of His ibad, if Allah were to open up the door and give you whatever, what would happen? لَبَغَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ They would have caused evil in this earth. They would have caused evil in this earth. وَلَكِنْ يُنَزِّلُ بِقَدَرٍ مَا يَشَاءُ But Allah sends down بِقَدَر He knows. He is the one in charge. مَا يَشَاءُ He decides who gets what. So the Quran lays out for us a very simple reality that Allah knows who to give what and Allah knows who to withhold and how much to withhold. Now, this leaves us with the other side of the equation, which is we don't know. Yes, Allah knows, but we don't know. So are we expected to sit back and do nothing? Are we expected to be content with whatever our situation is? And the response is, this is where the delicate balance comes in. And it is a delicate balance. There are two extremes. On the one extreme, the secular mindset who doesn't believe in God, or even Muslims who don't have consciousness of Allah. They are greedy and they have no ethical values, they have no ethical barriers, and they're only interested in maximizing. And on the other hand, you have those who say, oh, Allah's qadr, if Allah wills, I'm going to get it, if Allah wills, I won't get it, without doing anything to get to the goal. The Muslim is always between hope and fear. You hope that you, you're going to get you what you want, but you're fearful you will not get it. You put in the effort, but you put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is somewhat of a middle ground. Some would say a contradiction, but it's not a contradiction. Because outwardly, you don't know your qadr. Inwardly, you accept your qadr. Outwardly, you work and you put in the effort. You want the job, you better make sure you're qualified for it. You get the degree for it. You strive in your workplace for it. You want the promotion, you better make sure that your bosses know how qualified you are. So you put in the manpower, you put in the, the, the effort, you put in all of the skills. But now suppose you don't get the promotion, somebody else got it. That's where your inner iman kicks in. That's where your belief in qadr. It was Allah's qadr that he got it and you didn't get it. So this is where we get to this fine balance. And we have to at some level accept Allah's decree. Now for how long do we accept? Let me give you an example. You want to position a job. You keep on applying for it, you don't get it. For how long do you keep on applying before you say, you know what, it wasn't written for me? Our scholars say there is no hard and fast rule. But in reality, the mu'min, the muttaqi, the one who is... Uh, following the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is as if his inner conscience tells him. It is as if he gets a feeling that, you know what, I really don't need this job anymore, I got a better job over here. You keep on striving and you never give up as long as you think that that is going to be for your favor. You never give up until you yourself start feeling inwardly. That for, let me give you an example. Suppose you wanted a job in, uh, I don't know, Google, whatever, like the, the dream company, okay? There's no Google in Dallas, that's why I can give that example, right? Suppose you wanted the job in, in, in Google. You applied for that job and you didn't get it. In the meantime, you got a job in, you know, a local company here. Okay, a year goes by and in that year, you're disappointed. I wanted that job in Google, in that year. But guess what's going to happen? Slowly but surely, life is going to go grow good for you. You're going to get accustomed to, uh, alhamdulillah, our beautiful community. You will realize, I don't want to move to California, earthquakes, whatnot. I actually like it over here. And your own desire for that job is going to diminish, right? This is a sign of Allah's qadr, that you know what? Allah knew what was best for you. 
Allah knew this was better for you and your own desire wanes away. It goes down. This is now you accept Allah's qadr. Suppose it doesn't go away. Suppose you're still interested. No problem. You keep on applying and you keep on applying and you keep on applying because there's no limit to desiring the job. However, deep down inside there must still be an acceptance if you don't get it. And this is that beautiful balance that our religion it tells us to be, I call it halal greedy. It's my own term. Halal greedy. You can be greedy for rizq, but it must be in halal way. Means what? You try in a halal manner and you accept Allah's qadr if you don't get it, right? That's the beauty of our sharia. And in this story, going back to the story and then we're done inshallah, in this story as well, we learn one of the mechanisms, the story of the, the garden, we learn one of the mechanisms to preserve wealth, right? The reason why Allah destroyed the barakah of their wealth was because they wanted to be stingy. And they said, we're not going to give any money to any poor people. So Allah showed them, I don't need this from you then, right? And that's why in the story itself, they themselves regretted. And they said, Inna kunna We made a mistake. And the, 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 the tone of the story indicates Allah gave them a second chance. And Allah gave them their wealth back so that they now know one of the means of wealth preservation in the sharia is generosity. The more we give, the more our wealth is preserved. So we ask Allah Azza wa for rizq. We ask Allah for rizq halal. We desire rizq. We strive for rizq. And once we put in the effort, we accept Allah's decree and qadr because he is the qabit and the basit and he knows who to give what and we are content with the decree of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu and inshallah we'll continue later on. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.